fifth through fourth grade, and you can head out there and uh, find uh, Karen. She's going to be doing some walking around out there in the lobby with you guys. And so, hey, um, a couple of things I wanted to uh, address real quick here before we get started officially. Um, I just want to build a little bit on that announcement next week. Um, the uh, kids uh, from Kids Club uh, are hopefully going to be here and uh, participate, and uh, that'll be fun. So I want you to come and be a part of that. And um, uh, also, in your bulletin there, maybe you saw that there is a, um, a note that a lady named Sarah Harris is coming at, um, in the first week of December there, uh, on the 8th, I think that is. And um, uh, what that's for is uh, Sarah is an expert. Uh, she is an expert uh, kids worker. Uh, she works for the Bettendorf Schools, and uh, she's a, a sort of a coach uh, for teachers uh, to help them uh, teach well and to do discipline well in the classroom and to manage students and to be uh, an effective teacher or helper. And so if uh, you are a nursery worker or if you're a Sunday school teacher or if you're a kids uh, church leader or a kids club helper or a kids church helper and uh, you are in and around our youth in any way, uh, this is for you. It's just going to help you. It's going to make you sharper, and uh, it'll make it uh, more pleasurable for you to come and work with those kids because you're going to have more skills uh, in order to be able to do that. So we want you to be a part of that. Um, one more announcement that I wanted uh, you to know, Bill, just let me know. Uh, Bill uh, Quarter's back there, and his daughter uh, has, um, we've been praying for her for a long time, and uh, Friday night, uh, she received, and she's been on the list for a long time, a long-awaited and anticipated double lung transplant. And so um, uh, Bill has asked that we would pray for her, and uh, Bill's also asked, uh, in order for that to happen, uh, there was a donor. And uh, so just pray for both of them. Pray for uh, the receiver and pray for the family who has lost someone as well. And so we can, uh, we can rejoice and uh, God has provided. And so uh, what I'm going to do is ask that you'll pray with me and then we'll start the sermon. All right, so let's pray. God in heaven, you are good and you know us and you love us. That's the good news. Uh, Father, we always need your help, and uh, we know that we have an enemy working against us. It's always working against us relentlessly. So, Father, we ask by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will bind the enemy and teach us so that we can be better equipped to serve you and your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we did get started in a series that uh, simply called, He Will Be Called, He Will Be Called. And maybe you recall that that comes out of a verse from the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah was a, uh, he was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he was told by God, go and tell all the people of the nation of uh, Judah that uh, they have turned their back on me and they're going to, that whole nation is going to go away, but I'm going to hang on to a remnant of people. And uh, that remnant that I hold on to, uh, from that remnant, one day there is going to be one that is going to be a savior. 
And uh, remember that Isaiah called him Emmanuel. Emmanuel will come. Well, what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. God is literally, he's telling him, well, you can't save yourself, but God's going to send me. I'm, I'm going to come and save you. I am going to come and save you. And so he sent a Jesus. And then he goes on in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for to us a child is born. This was prophecy 700 years before it took place. To us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. But, and, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. We talked about that last week. Sometimes we just need to be counseled. We need a counselor. This morning we're going to talk about Mighty God. Next week, Everlasting Father. And then on Christmas Day, the Prince of Peace. Mighty, mighty God. He is a mighty God. God is mighty. And uh, he is strong and he is powerful. And uh, sometimes uh, uh, we get that and we want him to be powerful. We want him to be all powerful, that he can take care of things like uh, Bill's daughter and he can provide and, and we want him to be all powerful, but we still don't get all powerful. We can't comprehend all powerful. Um, it's bigger and beyond any of us. Um, you know, Moses, Moses was a guy that uh, he asked a great question. Maybe you remember Moses was there and he was talking with God at the burning bush. And this was when God was communicating to Moses, you're going to be the guy that's going to go see Pharaoh. And just a reminder, Pharaoh is the most powerful guy on earth right now. He's got the biggest army. He's got the most assets. And you're going to go tell him what to do. Well, he was Pharaoh. The Egyptian people believed that he was God. And so he knew what he was in for. He grew up in the culture and understood. And he was going to go there, and he was intimidated by that and wasn't really sure that he wanted to do that. And so he asked God a great question. Okay, I'll go. But when I go, I'm not going there and they're not going to, I'm Moses and you're going to do what I say. You know, he said, I'm not going to do that. He says, who should I tell them sent me? Who should I tell them sent me? And then God tells him exactly who he is and how big he is and how powerful he is. And he says, Moses, you tell him the I am sent you. Okay, I'll go tell him the I am. Boy, isn't that powerful? What's that mean? I am. The I am. Well, who's the most powerful entity in the universe? I am, God says. Who can help anybody in their time of need? I am the one that can. Who has all the power? I am that guy. I am whatever you need. I am capable in every situation, just tell him, I am. I am God. And that's who he is. He's God. There's a Latin word, it's omni. It means all. And uh, science, um, you want to know what science is? Bob Gibson down here taught science. He'll tell you what science is. But, uh, and so what, is, what are the words of God? What are the phrases of God? We would, we'd call them uh, the omniscience, the knowledge, right? He is, he is all-knowing. He is all-knowing. He is uh, omniscient. Uh, he is omnipresent. He's everywhere, all the time. Uh, we don't get that. How can you be everywhere, all the time? This is the closest I can get to that. I had my, uh, my biggest social media post that I have ever put out and had the most likes and reached more people than any other one that I've ever done before. And that was a couple of months ago in September when my daughter got married and I put a picture of the wedding and said my daughter got to participate in this today. And then that was the one that got more likes than anything. And you put that out there on Facebook and boom, within, within seconds, all of a sudden, I'm getting a like. I'm getting a like. 
from a friend of mine in Arizona. And I'm getting a like from a friend of mine in California. I, I lived in the dorms there, and one of my roommates, Scott McKinney, he lives in the Philippines. Got a like from Scott McKinney. All of a sudden, the whole world knows what I know. I don't get, I don't know how God can be everywhere all the time. That's the closest thing I can relate is I can, I can post it, and I got people all over the place going, oh, yeah, 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 I'm into that. God is everywhere all the time. Don't understand it? He's a big God. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, all-powerful. I don't get it. Don't understand it, but that's who he is. He is the I am. I am. I am everywhere. I am all the time. I have all power. I am that God. And so, good question. Good question. So, he's so big and he's so tough. Uh, Why does a God, why does a big, powerful God like that allow such hard things to happen? Why does does a big, powerful, all-knowing God allow bad things to happen? Well, we wouldn't know what good is if we can't contrast that with bad, right? How how do you know if something tastes good? Well, you've tasted something bad before. You know, yeah, you know? And and there's that contrast. And so in order for, uh, when God created us, in order for us to have a relationship with him, he had to give us the option of opting out. We can't just have all of God's love and not know what lacking God's love is. It, it requires the one in order to, it's just the way he created it. We have to be able to, to understand both sides. And so that's why God, he, he created all things and then he invites us to avoid the bad and to embrace the good. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be hard times, but he invites us to embrace him. So what, here's the question. Write this down in your bulletin. What does God do with his power? Okay, he's got all the power. What's he do with his power? Well, here's what he does with his power. Write this down. He changes lives. He changes lives. Remember, uh, a great illustration of that is um, in the book of Acts chapter 9, a guy named Saul, you know the story, Saul, uh, he was out there, he was, a, he was a faithful Jew, all he wanted to do was squash Christianity, wanted to put it to an end, he thought Jesus was a, a false prophet and a liar, and, and he just wanted to squash the whole thing, and uh, he was on his road, on the, way, on the way to Damascus, right, and all of a sudden, um, God just stops him right in his tracks, Jesus blinds him, boom, right, and uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, right? He flips his life around, and he, he changed him from a guy uh, that was chasing after Christians uh, to being an extremely dynamic Christian. God changes lives with his power. He changes lives. Jesus went around from community to community, and there were a blind people that he made see, and mute that he made speak, and deaf that he made hear, and the lame uh, to walk, and the, and the brokenhearted he gave hope, and he changed Lives and he changed lives and he changed lives and he changed. Lives. And some of you, we were talking about this at Sunday school this morning. Some of you, some of you, my wife's got one of these stories. Some of you have that story was I didn't know Jesus and I had no idea who he was and I was lost and separated from him. But then somebody told me about Jesus and it changed my life. Some of you have a story like that. Some of you have a story where, where you grew up in, in, you know, Sunday school and church and all that kind of stuff, and you were never that bad kid, you know? And, and so you, you just kind of always have known God is there and whatever, and you wrestle with this or that, but he changes lives. He changes lives. He changes lives. What else does God do? He changes lives. What does God do? He has all the power. He changes lives. You know what else he does? Nothing. Nothing that we can see. Nothing that we can see. 
there was a guy. You know what an influencer is? Do you, you guys know what an influencer is, right? Somebody on social media, and uh, usually they're good-looking and charismatic, and, uh, and they post something, and then everybody wants, ooh, oh, you know, and, and they want to they wanna be and do more like that influencer, right? <laughs> well, uh, there were influencers in Jesus' day, too. And uh, maybe this guy was an influencer, and uh, maybe this guy was an influencer, but uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Mark that, this rich young man, and so uh, rich, rich guy. You know, he's rich. He's young, so you know he's got to be. Just picture this young, good-looking guy, and he comes up to Jesus, and um, maybe, maybe you know, when he walked by, all the all the ladies, are, oh, you know, maybe maybe he was an influencer that way or something, and and maybe all oh, maybe he was a manly man, and you know, and maybe he had this uh, just dominating uh, job where he every he was just slaying all of the records, and and he was just he was a powerful, a mighty guy. And all the men just thought he was the coolest guy. And, and, and this, this rich young guy goes up to Jesus. And he, he says, uh, Jesus, uh, I've been listening to you. I'm, I'm kind of I'm familiar with you. And here's my, here's my question. What do I need to do to have eternal life? What do I need to do uh, to be right with you? What do I need to do? And <clears throat> Jesus told him. And Jesus said to him. You need to sell everything you have, and then you need to come and follow me. And then here's what Mark chapter 10, verse 22 tells us. The man says, he went away sad. He went away sad. Now, here's where Jesus and I are very different. Because if a very powerful uh, uh, influencer came into our church and he was sitting here, and, and I, find, I find out, you know, well, this guy, he gets more likes than anybody. You know, he's got more followers than anybody. And this, this guy's got influence. He's got power. And he came in here, and he said, Steve, what do I need to do to be a part of your church? Man, I go sit by him and say, well, let me tell you. Uh, you, can, you can come down. You can have a, a coffee and donuts before church starts, you know. And, and we got people that cook and make some really nummy stuff. And so you hang out with us for a while. And you spend time with us for a while. We want to get to know you, and you want to get to know us. And, you know, it just kind of e-wake Make your way in here and be real. You know, just we want to get to know you and love you, and we'll tell you all about Jesus, and we'll go on that journey with you and be kind of like like that. And this guy comes up, says, "What do I need to do to be saved?" And he says, "You need to sell everything you got. You need to follow me." And the guy turns and walks away. There is not a word in the Bible that would indicate. Anywhere, any way, anyhow, that Jesus tried to stop him, tried to turn him around, tried, no, 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 you got to come back here, you got to come back here, here, hey, let me, wait, 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 maybe you misunderstand, I'm Jesus, see the blind guy over there, boom, hey, see, I can see right now, yeah, come and follow me, come and follow me, just let him go, didn't try to stop him. Let him walk away. Jesus knows who he is. He's the son of God. God has all the power. He doesn't need our praise. The angels never stop praising him. Just let him go. He, the one walking away, needed to come to the conclusion, I need God. 
I need him. In fact, Jesus says this in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus says, there are going to be hard times that come your way. And, and, and God didn't even spare his son from being beaten and hung, hanging on a cross. Tough times will come. And sometimes exactly what is going on is God is doing nothing to change that situation right now. That situation is going to play itself out. And so what does God do with all of his power? Sometimes he changes lives in a a mighty and miraculous way. Sometimes he does absolutely nothing that we can see. So what does God do with his power? Write this down. Whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. God does whatever he wants with his power. You ever make anything and you're kind of impressed with yourself? You say, Man, I, I created this thing. I cut those boards. I glued that. I nailed that. I painted that. I shaped this thing. You ever, you ever, I remember in, in, uh, in art class, I had the opportunity to, uh, to kind of spin one of those um, potter's wheels where you're kind of kicking your feet and that thing's spinning around. You're shaping that thing up. Oh, that thing was ugly. And I, don't, I think they just threw that away. But uh, you, ever, you ever have an opportunity to make something and, and you're kind of like, hey, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like that, you know? Whatever he wants. Romans chapter 9, verse 20 to 21 says, But who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? You ever question God, why is this happening to me? Why is this, how, how come it can't be different? You know, I wouldn't sin if you wouldn't have made me with a propensity to sin. You know, and it's your fault, right? You ever, you ever, um, yeah, you blame somebody else, right? We like the idea that God changes lives. We like that. You know, he's, he's going to transform me. He's going to change me. I just sit here and he does all the work can be a little bit uncomfortable that God does nothing that we can see. He does whatever he wants, unless it's good. Because here's something else that God does. Write this down. He completes his purposes through you. He completes his purpose through you. You are the way he completes his purpose. Listen to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you. Say this out loud. God is working in me. me. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, say this. God is working in me for his good purpose. Go. Got to believe that. That's what the Bible says. Listen to this. When you, you ever, you ever feel prompted, uh, you know, like, uh, man, I, sh- I should give them a call. I, uh, I, should, I should write them a note. You ever feel prompted like uh, uh, you just think of somebody and you reach out to them and um, maybe you're not quite sure exactly how to word or phrase something and you, you think and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the spirit working within you. That's the spirit working within you. You see somebody and you just want to go over and give them a hug. That's the spirit working in you. And that's God completing his purposes through 
you. That's what God does. His will all the time, and he will use us, and we do well to be compliant and say, he's changing me into the one that he can use better for his kingdom. That's what he does. And so write this down. What does God do with all of his power? Use you. Use you. Use you. Have you ever done something better than you thought you could do? You ever, maybe you set out to make something or create something or craft something and you kind of get all done with that and say, oh, that's a lot better than I thought I could do. You ever, you ever, you ever, uh, somebody asks you a question and you give an answer to that thing and you kind of go, oh, that was actually kind of good. You know, you ever, you ever have an experience like that where you've kind of done something a little bit better than you really thought you were capable of doing? You ever have that kind of experience? Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, here's the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, probably the greatest evangelist that's ever walked the planet Earth. My message is, Paul speaking about his own ability to be a preacher, my message is, my preaching, were not with wise and persuasive words. I just kind of an average guy. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, God was using Paul so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. You ever accomplish something that you think is a little better than you thought you could do? That's God using you to advance his kingdom. That's what God does with his power. And while he's doing that, God does this, write this down, he sustains you. He sustains you. He's this, God, what's he do with his power? Sustain you. Sustain you. Listen to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, 29. It says, He gives strength to the weary. Are you weary? Are you weary? He gives strength to the weary, and he and increases the power of the weak. It says, Even youths grow tired and weary, And young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I uh, had a few opportunities along uh, Jerry's journey in the hospital, three months. And uh, I'd call Nancy and and say, you know, how's things going? And and, uh, it wasn't uncommon. Nancy would say, well, it's rough. It's been really rough, you know. And she would list off some things that have been really hard. And then I would say, um, what else? And then she would, she would usually tell me something that was encouraging. Well, you know, this happened. And, you know, it might not be much. It was, it was in the right direction. And then uh, I don't know if Nancy even knows this or not, but at the, at the end of every conversation that I had with her throughout that thing, uh, she would say, I, I want you to keep praying. Keep praying because the prayers are working. The prayers are working. Keep praying because the, I don't know how I'm getting this, this thing, but the prayers are working. She would say that over and over. The keep praying because the prayers are working. They're working. God will sustain you. He will sustain you. He will sustain you. No matter what you are going through. God, you ever, don't you love a hammock? Where, where in the world do you ever, you ever where, where do you enjoy a hammock at? Usually if you're enjoying a hammock, you are in some place that's pretty serene, right? And, uh, and what do you do? You climb into that hammock, 
And then you just kind of, wherever you're, and whenever you get in a hammock, it's usually someplace where that thing just kind of, it's got a little bit of rocking in there, and there's a little breeze, and it's usually someplace that's not ugly, and, and it's sustaining you. God will sustain you no matter what when you trust and rely on him. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, here's the Apostle Paul. He says this, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, and Paul received all kinds of revelations. He knew things, understood things better than than everybody in this room did. He says, There was given to me a thorn in my flesh and a messenger of Satan to torment me. He says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. In other words, I will sustain you for you. uh, uh, I will. My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. He says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults and in hardships and in persecution and in difficult times when I am weak. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because the Apostle Paul learned to live his life by being sustained and supported and lifted up by an all-powerful God. What else does God do? God's all-powerful. What does he do with his power? He works things out. He works things out. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, <clears throat> And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Here's the truth. Life, it might hurt. Uh, might take time. We don't like to Wait. We're impatient. It might not fit our agenda, but someday we will know that somewhere, somehow, God was working in it and through it, all of it, to help us. So, He works things out. What else does he do? Love you. He can't not love you. Did you know that there's something that God can't do? (laughs) He can't not love you. God is love. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He cares for you. He is interested in you. And because he loves you, he works things out for you and in you. He sustains you. And because he sustains you, he uses you and he applies you to his kingdom for his kingdom's sake. And he completes everything that is involved and around in you. And whatever, whatever you think that you might need, you don't even know because he is going after it and he is taking care of you. And he's doing whatever he wants because he always wants what is good because he loves you. He changes your life. When you give your life to him, that's what God does with all of his power. The question then becomes, do you 
want access to his power. God allows you to reject his power. Kind of like the Christmas tree lights. You can plug them in or you can unplug them. You can turn them on or you can turn them off. You can access all of the power of God or you can reject all of the power of God. God wants you to accept it. He wants you to plug into him. The Bible tells us that the way we go about doing that is by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior and being baptized into him, and that when we do that, he puts a little generator in us. It's called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there, and we're plugged in, powered up, and now God goes to work. And he does everything that he does through the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit moves into us when we accept Christ as our Savior. We can reject that, but he doesn't want us to. But here's the other thing. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, God wants us to lean our life into him and to believe that he has all the power and that he loves us and he wants to work in us and through us and sustain us. And so he asks us, to lean into and lean on our brothers and sisters in Christ. My generator's moving a little bit slow. Your generator's moving a little bit faster. Let's come together and let's get the power up. Let's lean into Christ. Church family, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're called to share the power of God with the people that you know and love. You're called to share the power of God with people that do not know the power of God. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord or your Savior, you've never been baptized into him, that's something that Jesus wants you to do, and that's a conversation that I'd like to have with you. In the meantime, lean into the power of God. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we, um, we know you're powerful. We believe it. Uh, we, we, we know and we believe that you snap your fingers and everything, everything changes. But Father, by your design, uh, sometimes you work like that and it seems like most of the time you don't. And that you call us to, uh, to get up close to you, to lean into you, and to just go through the walk of life with you. Father, we know that when we do that, we can look around, we can see evidence of your power all around us. So we ask that you all work in us and through us and help us all day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Escape disappointment, can't avoid the delay, but I don't have to make feeling down and